Welcome to episode 10 of the Down and Distance podcast, bringing you all the latest news on the NFL. I'm your host, Craig. With me, is, as always, is the great Bunker. Wow. And the great in front of it today. Very, very kind of you. Yeah, well, every, like, five episodes, I'll compliment you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is our last division. We've In all our past episodes, we've now run down all the other divisions in the NFL. We're going to get in today with the NFC West, probably the closest division in the league, I would say. Yeah, I'd say this is probably the only division where you can legitimately see every one of these teams coming out on top of the division. I don't think yeah. there's, a, there's a single other division in the league where one through four, any of them could win. Well, when you think of recent years, each – well, mo- three of the four teams have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, three of the four teams have gone to the Super Bowl in like yeah. the last five years. Oh. And even before that, the Cardinals were still competing in NFC Championship games. So. Exactly. It, it's a fun division. It's, and everyone always beats each other up. I don't know the last time anyone was 6-0 and in their division uh, for these four teams. Before we get into that, let's talk about all the crazy news going on. Now that training camp is really underway, um, we are less than two weeks from the regular season. Anyway, thank God. We're so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the biggest news, without a doubt, has to be Earl Thomas. Yeah. Like, last episode, we talked about the AFC North. And all of a sudden, uh, like two days later, Earl Thomas is, is, gets into an altercation at practice with the Baltimore Ravens. And pretty much the next day, he's cut. Yeah. Now, was there any video from this or does anyone know like any of the real details that happened? Cause I just know that he, uh, he got into it with, uh, who was it? It was, uh, I think Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was a video of he, it was funny cause he posted it, a video of it on his story or not his story on an Instagram post and like tried to justify it. It's pretty much, it, what it looked like to me was somebody blew a coverage. It kind of looked like Earl Thomas blew a coverage. And as soon as the ball was thrown, Thomas just ripped his helmet off and like threw it in the direction of somebody and then just got right up into it with them. And then, yeah, the reports came out saying that the leaders in the locker room didn't want him on the team. And I mean, that's for one of the best safeties in the league. It, it's a big decision, but it's a decision that shows that the Ravens are a, are a championship level organization and if you're not if you're not bought in, and if you're going to be a disruption in the locker room, they don't want you. Which kind of kind of plays in. Now, I definitely don't think they'll get Antonio Brown, based on how they dealt with this. Yeah, no. I think it kind of ruled that out. Um, yeah, I I am still surprised. I mean, I feel like we always hear about altercations happening at practice. Granted, this one seems like it was a bit more serious, but they were they were quick with the knife. They were just like, nope, cut him loose. He's yeah. uh, and now it's it's turning into the what team does he go to? Because you know he's good enough. Oh yeah, most teams. Frankly, he's not. What's the best word? Uh, insane, like Antonio Brown. So no, but he he has had a. I mean, he's had a history of, especially with Seattle, just just really being 
really voicing his frustration and his anger publicly. He does. He's very passionate about the game. That's for sure. But he's too good. And you know, he's not going to be doing stupid stuff off the field. No, Uh, never has. He's going to be coming in. He's going to do his job. He kind of just needs to get his anger in check a bit. But teams will sign him. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how they can't. The Cowboys, I believe, issued a statement that they're not going to. Really? Yeah. um, Wow. Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones said that they're not interested. Well, I mean, that's the place where he wants to end up. And when he was in Seattle and he was just frustrated with them, he even said in in a locker room interview, you know, Cowboys come get me. Um, it, it would it would make sense for them to sign him. They still are weak at safety when people thought that they were going to get Jamal Adams because Adams is from Texas. But Earl Thomas is in the same boat. He's from Texas, went to school as a Texas mm-hmm. Longhorn. So right. it, it makes sense for him to go there. I know the team that we're going to talk about today, the 49ers, Shanahan just dismissed it right away. There was rumors about him going there, but Shanahan just said no. They're not even going to Another gonna rumor I saw is the Texans. Yeah, I mean, they, they already have a good safety in Justin Reed, so having him back there, Earl Thomas back there too, would create quite a tandem. Um, but, but then again, do you want the headache of, of what he could possibly bring? Like, it's risk-reward. You could have another situation like this where I don't know if, if guys want a player like that in the locker room. But then again, his production on the field, he's an all-pro caliber safety, and he still oh, yeah. is. I think we brought it. He he was all pro last year, right? And we say I think so. I think I can just look back because I have it circled. Um, uh, he was a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. He was all pro. But but he is a three time all pro top tier safety. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the world of sports. Uh, the big one was from just recently out of Philly. Andre Dillard, their, their second-year left tackle, tore his bicep, and that's going to require season-ending surgery. So that's, that's now two Pro Bowl caliber, you know, some of the best offensive linemen in the game for Philly gone within a three-month period. Luckily, Jason Peters, I think, can fill one of those holes pretty smoothly. Yeah, they had him at left guard because they wanted to start Dillard at left tackle just because Peter's mobility is nowhere near what it used to be. Right. Um, but now they're going to have to put him back at left tackle because you'd rather have a, a, a veteran there than a, than a second string or even a rookie. I don't know which way they're going to go. But it, it's a big blow. I mean, Dillard showed a lot of promise last year. They drafted him to be the Jason Peters replacement. I remember that's – all my Philly friends were telling me that's the the sole purpose of them drafting Dillard was so uh, Jason Peters could pass the torch. And now Dillard is kind of giving it right back to Jason Peters. So uh, it's, it's a mess losing, you know, two starting offensive linemen for any team is bad. But I mean, for a team like Philly where the injury bug is just constantly wreaking havoc on their team, it's tough. But if there's any team that, that could probably deal with it the best. It's Philly, just because they've they're used to it. It's going to be wild. We're going to see a lot more injuries here in the next two weeks because they're going to be ramping up practice to try and get to 
full game speed with no preseason. And man, it if you have done your fantasy draft already, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're pushing what we've got. I have three uh, the Sunday before the first NFL game. Mm-hmm. Even then, that's almost anything could happen in those Mondays through Thursday. It's almost smart to not even draft till after week one and have week one just be a no right. game. Something like that. Because uh, you're gonna these are gonna pile up. I mean, injuries happen every year. That's just that's football. But mm-hmm. they're they're gonna get worse. Speaking of injuries, the great uh, should have been leader in rushing yards, David Montgomery. He went down, right? Oh man, that was I, I heard it was it was a lot of scary reports. They were kind of false reports because they said he was carted off the field, which was not actually true. Oh he really? Was, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was going he was going for a handoff, and like his leg just kind of slid. And he went down, um, and then he, he kind of walked to the sidelines. But I, I forget the name of their, their, the facility that they practice at, but there's like four or five different fields, and they were practicing on like the farthest field away from the, like the training facility. So he walked off the field under his own power and then was carted from there all the way back. Uh, okay. So, yeah, he was carted off the field. I how, all, My heart almost stopped when it said that because non-contact, carted off the field, that's almost always knee injury season's done. But it turned out just to be a strained groin muscle, which, uh, I mean, that, that that's just a huge break for Chicago. So he's only going to be out two to four weeks. So he, pro- he might be able to play week one, but he'll definitely be back by week two or three. Um, but it does beg the question, do the Bears need to add some more running back depth uh, in that Freeman. locker room? Yeah, Freeman's still sitting out there, which could – I mean, whew, that would be a scary a three running back combo, or I guess four running back combo now with Freeman, Montgomery, still Tariq Cohen, and then Cordero Patterson, who's been getting a lot more running back reps in practice, which has me really excited. So uh, they need some more offensive weapons, I think, regardless. There, I mean, they, oh, yeah. you know, can't get Kevin White anymore. He's done. He can't get him back. <laughs> it's over. He's now yeah. 49ers, which kind of surprised me. But then I remember Travis Benjamin opted out. So they're kind of just trying to get some experience depth there, even if I don't think Kevin White is going to see the field that much. Yeah. But maybe. Have you heard anything out of Broncos camp? Like any any guys that have been standing out? Um, I know you follow. I hear way. Judy. Judy is just literally shredding Bryce Callahan <laughs> every day. Uh, he and then they'll put up someone else on him. I hear he's a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that is awesome. That is that's the best news. And then. Um, uh, one of our new tight ends, Ojemudia. Oh yeah, that was wasn't that Drew Locke's uh, college teammate? Yeah, they were both went to Missouri. It was like his favorite target. Uh, oh yeah, Missouri. So that's I think going to be a nice. I think our tight tight end room is going to be really good with Jake Budd as well. Apparently looking good and nice. Just always injured, but he's got a high ceiling. If he's not. And he's still got Vanette, and he's still got Noah Fant. Yeah, Noah Fant. So. 
Uh, yeah, all I'm hearing for the Broncos camps, though, is uh, our tackles suck. <laughs> Which is great. It's same, same old, same old. No real changes there. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been hearing some, some, a lot of things out of Bears camp just because, I mean, they are, they are the, the quarterback battle of the offseason is oh, yeah. Trubisky and Foles. Um, I've heard some days, you know, Trubisky's playing really well, but, but I, I've been following some beat writers for Chicago. The Adam Jans for The Athletic really puts out great stuff, and he, he's been saying that Foles in the past few days, especially this week, has been kind of distancing himself and kind of separating himself from Trubisky. And Foles He's a clear front like, runner? Yeah, he is. And, and the more I'm looking at it, the more, the, the more I'm liking it. And, and these guys, the, the comments on Twitter are all saying the same thing. They're like, well, Foles is not going to play your MVP caliber season. If you think that, you're stupid. And then all the guys I follow say, you're right, he's not but he's going to run the offense and he's going to make the right reads and he's going to get the, all the players lined up in the right places. So if we can get that out of them, like, like I've been saying all off season, that's all they need. We need a game manager and we need a guy who's going to do the right play. So if, if Foles is going to do it, I'm excited. Apparently his favorite target has been Jimmy Graham. Um, yeah. They're saying Jimmy Graham's kind of, kind of looking like New Orleans Saints Jimmy Graham, especially in the red zone. They say that he is just dominating the red zone drills, which it's going to be nice having Cole Komet learning from, you know, one of the better tight ends of the past decade, definitely a top five tight end from the past decade in Jimmy Graham. It's going to be nice having a rookie learning from him. So, so promising things coming out and hopefully Montgomery can get back on the field, but, but I'm liking I'm liking what I'm hearing. It's football, so I, I mean anything is good. But always good news. Uh, so week one, who starts? I mean, I, I would have said Trubisky because you know he had all off season and he knows the playbook and everything. But if Foles is is impressing, the Bears want to win. So I I don't think you you keep wasting you know this Super Bowl caliber defense away on a on a on your fourth year of a rookie mistake. Mm-hmm. So if, if we want to win football games, which I hope that's the goal rather than to try and just think that you're right about Trubisky, I'd, I'd rather have Foles out there, but uh, I'm not, I'd rather have the better quarterback out there. How many, how long do they have Foles under contract for now? Well, they restructured his deal. Um, I think it is three years. Okay. So three more years. So you could always like Foles. I agree. Probably going to at least end the season if he doesn't start the season. Um, Yeah. And then you cut ties with Trubisky and you take a quarterback round one or two next year and have him kind of sit behind Foles for part of next year and then kind of scrap. That'd probably be the. Well, yeah, I'm looking at his contract. He has a potential out uh, two years from now. So if they draft a quarterback after this year, he'll have a year to learn behind Foles. I would highly doubt the Bears pick up 
Trubisky's fifth year option. I don't. I I think that might have already passed, but yeah, you, I don't think they. I think it is. I think it did pass. I think that. Okay. Was, yeah. June. There's no. There's no way they would have done it, but. Yeah, I mean, I just I just I just want a quarterback that can, that can, make the right reads at the line, get the offense into the, like the right protections, the right sets. It's been a while since like we've had a really good veteran quarterback that like. I mean, outside of Jay Cutler, that's just not like trying to force the ball into people and is like a very I've I've never had a calming sense when the Bears have had the ball on offense. We'll just put it that way. So it'll it might be nice to have Foles to kind of just settle everything down. That's that's just what I want. All right. Now let's uh let's jump into the uh NFC West then. Do it. Uh, let's start with the Rams. Rams are such an interesting team because you got Sean McVay who uh, everyone in the media and every organization began to fawn over after he just really turned the Rams around following Jeff Fisher's horrible years with the Rams. Eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. Yeah, right. The most mediocre coach of all time. Um, but you had that great run two years ago where they go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they cannot do anything in the Super Bowl, which gave us the most boring Super Bowl in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year, they go 9-7. and 9-7, and seven, I don't think, is a bad record. No. It goes to show this division. They're still finished in third place in their division in this right. So, I almost see this now as a mini rebuild. Yeah. I mean, they're not tearing everything down, but they feel like – They've got certain pieces they really need to build around, and they cut certain people loose. So they get rid of Brandon Cooks, yeah, Dante Fowler, mm-hmm. Corey Littleton, interesting one, and yeah, yeah. Of course, Todd Gurley, who that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl run was pretty much on the legs of Todd Gurley for those first 14, 15 weeks. And, and then Clay Matthews, who got hurt last year, uh, is still a free agent. I totally forgot about that. Really? I totally spaced that Clay Matthews is a free agent. Damn. Oh, that's, that's another big one to the list. You can plug and play him in any – he's just a pure pass rusher. I mean, yeah, he's, right. he's still got – I mean, his, his dad is a Hall of Famer, Bruce Matthews, and – I mean, Matthews was one of the best pass rushers when he was in Green Bay for all those years. Oh, absolutely. He still, he still had it last year. He still had great games last year. Yeah, he he can be a monstrous footer. I saw that. Really kind of surprised me. I totally spaced it. Um, they, they made some additions. Uh, they got the great Leonard Floyd from Chicago. How do you feel about that? Um, oh, I didn't want him. Oh, he definitely upgraded. He he was very frustrating. He was a top ten pick. In the past two years, he pretty much had his chance at one on ones almost every rushing down because they were either doubling Mac or Akeem Hicks when he was on the field. And he only had, I think, like eight combined sacks in the past two years combined. So he's he's got all the talent in the world and I, I really do want to see him I want to see him perform well in LA. But, oh, I have Wade Phillips coaching him. Yeah, I mean that's that. Uh, he's proven. one of the best to ever to ever do it. 
So if I, I hope he can break through there. I, I, I do hope so, but it, it was his time to go in Chicago for sure. All right. And then they also signed Ashawn Robinson from Detroit, a D tackle. Yeah. Just another big run stuffing guy right there. Yeah. So they, their defense just lost so many pieces and they tried to add some, but I think this defense is going to be young. They're definitely relying on um, kind of rookies who are entering their second year now and to really step up uh, from the depth chart, but they didn't have a first round pick, but they had two second round picks. And I think one of them is going to be a monster. First, they got Van Jefferson, wide receiver from Florida, because, you know, this wide receiver class was just so deep. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, I mean, he'll, he'll be behind, obviously, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But that great tandem with those two and Brandon Cook. So I think they're trying to hope they can get this guy in that third spot. They also have Josh Reynolds at receiver, who I think mm-hmm. is, he could easily have been a starter. Oh, yeah. He just couldn't with those other three dudes in there. Um, But I think the big, big addition in round two is they added uh, Cam Akers from Florida State. Yeah. Who might be be the leader in rushing, I bet, this year among rookie running backs. You got Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, and we've talked about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with Kansas City. But – Sean McVay knows how to get the best out of his running backs. Oh, yeah. He made C.J. Anderson look like a freaking monster after uh, Gurley went down that Super Bowl year. Um, And you've got Henderson, you've got Brown also in that room. But Akers is young. Second-round pick, if you're going to take a second-round running back, you're going to use him a lot while he's still got those fresh legs. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I think he's the one to watch out for. The big question I see with the Rams is similar to the Bears. It comes down to this quarterback. Is Jared Goff really the first overall pick of the NFL? Does he right that spot? I mean, clearly Wentz has performed better, I think, overall throughout his career, just statistically and just mm. from the eye test on the field. Um, the, the one difference between the Bears and the Rams quarterback situation is that the Bears didn't pay their quarterbacks. Goff right. had one of the, has one of the richest contracts in the NFL, and um, they, they, they kind of had to pay him. You know, he brought him to the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I mean, after that, you kind of have to pay the dude. But, I mean, in that Super Bowl year, he was just slinging the thing on the best offense, and he was – he was putting up just monster yardage games, monster touchdown games. And then, I mean, defenses started to figure out how to beat him. It's just pressure, pressure, pressure right up the middle. And that's what the mm-hmm. Bears did. And then you saw the Rams had their worst offensive game of the year up until the Super Bowl, and the Patriots did essentially the same thing. And then just after that, he's never really looked quite the same after facing those, those defenses. So he still is a good quarterback. I mean, I put him, you know, in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. He's still pretty efficient. Um, And he's got the weapons, like you said, with with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, still one of the better wide receiver tandems in the league. Um, And then drafting the kid out of Florida. Reynolds is still there. Tyler Higbee, who I'll probably talk about him in the the fantasy football episode. I think he's going to have a really, really big year next year. And then – 
I mean, just, just looking at the Rams too. Yeah. They have a young defense. They still have Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best corner in the league. And then they still have Aaron Donald, who's right. the hands down best defensive player in the league. And there's, it's not even a question. Right. You've got, those two are your centerpieces of your defense. Um, but, uh, Beyond those two, I think the names, they're not big names. I feel like people knew Dante Fowler. People knew Corey Littleton. Obviously, everyone knew Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. And just, it's kind of, it's kind of need to prove themselves. And they might prove themselves. Like we've said, Wade Phillips, right. is, he is a mad genius when it comes to uh, creating just horrendous uh, schemes for the offensive to, against offenses. Mm-hmm. really tear down an offense. So, and with Donald leading the way up front and Ramsey in the secondary, they'll be a fine defense. It will still be a good defense. Uh, right. And I think if you have the offense bouncing back, then it will also – they'll do well. Yeah. Like we said, this, this division, any, any of these teams could win this division. Mm-hmm. Every team is talented on both sides of the football. So they went nine and seven last year, third place. Um, do they get better or worse? What do you think? I have them going eight and eight. Um, but but like I said, or like you said, they didn't lose many pieces. So could I see them going nine and seven? Yeah, there's just a couple of these games. Like I've been losing to the Cardinals once. They could win that game. Like any of these divisional games, you could flip it. I have them split in all three games in the division. I think I do as well. I, I'm pretty sure I have almost every yeah these four teams splitting for the most part. So, it, I mean, they're, they're a balanced team. Their kicking situation. Who is their kicker now? Uh, it's a guy there. named Sam Sloman. He, uh, their seventh-round pick. Oh, man, I looked up where he was from, but I can't recall. Right. I mean, it's tough. Zerline – I mean, after after my boy Justin Tucker, arguably he's the next best kicker in the league. Right. I mean, he's great with the Cowboys now. Yeah, which I mean, the Cowboys had such bad kicking struggles last year. It's good that they got him, but but yeah, the Rams they they their special teams was always one of their bright spots. Johnny Hecker, you never knew when he was going to fake it or not. Mm -hmm. They still have him. They still have him, and but then yeah, Zerline. As soon as you got it across like the forty-five yard line, he was in range. You're good. Yeah. So it's it's going to be tough. That's why I probably see him going eight and eight, just because some of the the close games that they're used to winning. I think just with the the not as good kicker, I think you will feel a difference in at least one of those games, if not more. Right. Um, but yeah, eight and eight, I think is is going to be a good. They they do have a pretty tough schedule, especially to start out the year. They have the Cowboys on Sunday night at the stadium opener, which which is going to be exciting. I'm, I've seen pictures of that new stadium. It is, it it is so cool. magnificent. Well, it looks better. Um, that or the Vegas stadium. Who I don't know. I haven't seen the inside of the Vegas stadium yet. That um, one's pretty nuts, but I think I really – I love this L.A. stadium. I think it's awesome. Did I tell you I might go to a game at the Vegas stadium? Oh, I'm planning on driving out to Vegas every year they play the Broncos. Well, I'm going out – uh, on a trip for around my a little after my 21st birthday. Um, and I'm going with my girlfriend and her family. And they said, well, we can either go a week earlier so we could see the Raiders Broncos, or we can go the next week to see the Raiders chiefs. 
So I'm like, well, I can either see Drew Locke maybe be okay, or I can see um, arguably the best NFL player right now lighted up. So I, I chose Chiefs. I'm going to go see the Chiefs game. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll report back to you how the stadium is, assuming that they have fans. I don't think right. they said that. So I don't even know if I'm going. Right. That's but I'll report back. But And all, um, I was planning on going out there this year when the Denver Broncos played there. Yeah. But I think I won't risk that. I'll just go. Yeah. Um, anyways, like I was saying, they have a tough start. They got the Cowboys, then the Eagles, and then Buffalo. Right. Yeah. Those are tough. Those are three stout defenses and pretty good offenses. So, and then, then a couple of weeks later, obviously everybody in the division is a tough game, especially with the card. Yeah. The Cardinals getting better, which I'm sure you're going to touch on. Um, then, yeah, they got the bucks. They got the bears at home on Monday night. They got the Patriots. So some easy games though. They've got the giants. They, cause they're playing mm-hmm. like, since they're playing the, uh, both East divisions. Yeah. NFC East. The Giants and the Redskins should be dubs for them. Uh, you got Miami with the East. Mm-hmm. England, which nobody knows how they look. The Jets. Washington football team. Oh, yeah. I'm going to continue to do that. Probably even after they decide on the new <laughs> um, so Yeah, They have some tough games, but they do have some easy games. So, I, I think – it's gonna be. It's gonna come down to how they do in the division. I think that's probably the same for every team in in this NFC West. It's how well do you do against these divisional opponents? And that's why uh, I also have them going eight and eight. I one hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. Maybe nine seven. Maybe ten and six. Yeah. Maybe seven and nine. Maybe six and eight. Right. It's so this division is always so difficult to predict. Uh, did you think the 49ers were going to win it last year and go 13-3? and three? I thought they were going to be better. I did not think that good because I had some insider information because when I, I volunteered at the, at the Rocky Mountain State Games last year, um, one of the ladies who helped run it, her brother was Ben Garland. Oh, really? So she was telling me, she's like, yeah, I've heard from him. The Niners are going to be good this year, so you just watch out for them. And then I'm like, all right. And then I started looking at, you know, they, they've been constantly adding on defense. And then, and then yeah, they just took off. So, I mean, that, that could be a pretty good segue to talk about the Niners. Yeah, let's talk about the Niners. Let's bring let's us do it. those guys in. So, uh, yeah, obviously, they went from having the second worst record in the league to going 13-3, and three, dominating their way through the NFC playoffs, and then made it to the Super Bowl where for three quarters it looked like they were going to win. But then, you know, Mahomes – if Mahomes wants to be down by double digits going into the fourth, and then, you yeah, know, he came just, back and won. But right. but it looked like the Niners, they didn't, they didn't fold over. They had a – they played a very good game for almost four quarters. But well, – they, um, I mean, they pretty much – waltzed into the Super Bowl. They won both yeah. playoff games by 17 points. Right. I mean, dominating the Vikings and then the sweetest thing was just Raheem Mostert just running all over the Packers for the second most yards in a playoff game ever. Well, and even in the regular season, uh, two of their games, they only lost by three points. Yeah. And then the other one was that weird Falcons game. It was like week 14 or something mm-hmm. like everyone's just seen how good this 49ers team is and the Falcons were anything but good last year. 
and yeah. all of a sudden that happened. And it, yeah. they were like, it's, it's the perfect example of any given Sunday. I mean, yeah. It's so difficult to go 16 and 0. Uh, but oh, yeah. They played the Redskins last year and they won 9 to 0. The Redskins. Oh. Well that well that game was Do you remember that game? I don't. That was in like the biggest rainstorm I've seen a football game. It was it was the <laughs> ugliest game I've ever seen. I don't remember that. It was just everybody was it was muddy. Dudes were sliding on the field. It was it was a gross Low when it comes to those types of games, I think the one that sticks out in my mind the most uh, was Colts Bills. Just in oh yeah, snowstorm a couple of years ago. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the Niners won it, and that that kind of showed that they can they can you know fly high with these high scoring teams. They have the offense to do it, but then if you want to slug it out, they'll they'll slug it out right with you. Like the perfect example was the Saints game where that was like just back and forth, back and forth. And then George Kittle carries three dudes on his back to get into field goal range on fourth and two. And then, but yeah, then they can win nine, nothing games too. So obviously best team in the NFC last year, and they are a very, very complete team. They didn't, I mean, the, the off season wasn't really crazy for them. They had, uh, they lost Emmanuel Sanders who they traded for midway through the year. Um, so losing him was decent. Dec- is, they're going to feel that one for sure. Um, but besides that, drafting uh, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, so they they got him with their with their second of their first round picks. Um, yeah, Ayuk. That that kid's going to be a beast. So, I mean, out of Arizona State, the second Arizona State receiver to be taken in the first round the past two years. They they think he's going to be something, and it, it it's it's big, especially with Debo Samuel, who was looking fantastic the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. He's coming back from his I think a foot injury, and then George so, Kittle. Oh yeah, George Kittle, who they paid, still might be the best tight end in the league. So the offense is is still very good. You still have Mostert back there. You still have uh, Jarek McKinnon's going to be coming back, mm-hmm. and you still have Tevin Coleman. Uh, and then on the offensive line, they did lose Joe Staley to retirement. Right. However, they traded a fifth and a future third-round pick for Trent Williams. Man, people – a lot of teams wanted Trent Williams, and yeah. I can't believe they only, it only cost a third and a fifth. Right. And, yeah, he's he might be the best left tackle in the league when he's playing. He just had that big, big dispute with the then Redskins. And – but he's he's in San Francisco now, and you know, this is yeah, kind of a trend with the Niners. They they lose their their starting left tackle for the past decade, and then they add in another great left tackle. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, the same thing. They traded DeForest Buckner to mm-hmm. the Colts uh, for a first round pick. Then they traded back a pick with Tampa, and then who do they take? They took Javon Kinlaw the D tackle out of South Carolina. I, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that the Broncos got Jerry Judy, but I'm also very grateful that uh, Kim Law was taking the pick before because it would have been really, I kind of wanted them to take the Broncos to take Kim Law. And Mm -hmm. like those two players were both both beasts who I think were taken way too low. Kim Law could have been, been a top 10 yeah they were saying but he he fell down and the Niners knew that 
Tampa wouldn't take them. So they traded with them, got, got another future pick out of it. So, I mean, they just retooled in the positions they needed. Uh, got Jordan Reed recently, just, you know, more depth to the tight end room. So the team is stacked. The team, not much turnover from last year. It's a quiet off season, but like I said, when you're retaining, you know, a large bulk of your roster, well, yes, you really you don't the, have to do too much. Right, and especially if you are the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups retaining that much of your roster, you have to be a clear favorite to make another run. Right. Man, John Lynch has done such a great job with that organization in his couple of years that he's been the GM. You know, getting Shanahan, just building building the defense through the draft, getting Bosa, getting Fred Warner, just, you know, pick acquiring Richard Sherman, just keep on building guys, building up the offense when you have one of the best offensive – minded coaches in the league with Kyle Shanahan. Oh, and then let's I mean, their defensive coordinator, Salah, he was just – Oh, my gosh. He was awesome. He just wore his heart on his sleeve every game. You just see him, him and his bald head just screaming yeah. down the sidelines, chest-bumping players. Yeah, he, it was awesome. Yeah, he's one of my favorite defensive coordinators. Yeah. He seemed like such an awesome dude. Yeah. And it was big, it was big to retain him because a lot – he was – Oh, yeah, uh, he easily could have been a head coach. With, along with him, uh, Eric Bieniemy and uh, for the Chiefs, and then the Ravens offensive coordinator, whose name is slipping my mind right now. Um, those were probably the three big guys that were going to get head coaching jobs, and they all stayed. Yeah, and I think keeping your offensive coordinators when you are a playoff team, that is always a smart move, like, if you can. I mean, so many of them are so uh, – ambitious to become a head coach that never had to happen, but it's great when it does because that returning all those players and returning your coordinator, they're going to do well. Yeah. Thomas going up with Kinlaw as tackles and then Bosa and uh, Eric Armstead, that those, that front four is freaking scary. Mm -hmm. And then even on the second level, Fred Warner was playing out of his mind last year. And then you go to the secondary, Jimmy Ward, Kwaski Tart. I mean, not huge Richard names. Sherman. They, yeah, Sherman. Right. They, they, they do their jobs and they play. They leave everything out on the field. And seeing last year, that defense just swarmed to the football, was just causing turnovers. And then when the Niners got the ball, they could just run it down your throat every play. And if they had to throw it, George Kittle's there. What's their weakness? Because I've got one in mind, but I want to see if you think the same thing. Man, I mean, if you have to point to one, it's probably Jimmy G. Exactly. Like, he wasn't bad. I'm not going to say Jimmy G was a bad quarterback last year. But I just think if they had a different quarterback, not Patrick Mahomes, could they have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. Really? I think the Chiefs were – they were just the better team. And Mahomes is just a winner, and he's going to do what he, whatever it takes to win. And I think the Niners – Sherman could not guard Tyree Kill that game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there was a chance that they were going to win. But, I mean, you can talk about the what-ifs, but the, the matter of fact is Jimmy G's their guy. He's, he's a, I think he's a great quarterback for what they want to do on offense. 
Yeah. Well, I just think of um, Kyle Shanahan, like in when he was offensive coordinator, how Matt Ryan had his absolute best game. And I think people were kind of expecting to see Jimmy G in a more Matt Ryan-esque mode. And we just didn't get it. Yeah. I don't know if they're if they're if if they continue to be so close, do they try and get somebody else who could be that Matt Ryan esque? Um with maybe those, with Debo, with Kittle to throw to. Maybe, but I mean, he just brought you to a Super Bowl and I think people are overreacting that I mean yeah, they were. They had the second worst team in the league last year, and they added a couple guys, brought Jimmy G back, and then they're now they're the best team in the NFC. Well, I definitely think like this year he is one hundred percent the guy. There's no way you go away from him, and probably even the year after. But I'm thinking kind of down the line, when it's time for maybe a monster contract extension or ties. Yeah. Which one do you do? And we'll see over the next couple of years. Oh, yeah, and a lot can change in two years too. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I I don't see this team losing a lot of games. They went thirteen and three last year. I think they're still going thirteen and three. Okay. I've got. I have them losing both games to Seattle and then losing a game to LA. But I, I think, and once again, they're going to win. The they'll come in. They'll they'll be the number one seed in the NFC. Okay. All right. Well, I got them going eleven and five. Um, and they the only reason that they don't win the division is because I also have them dropping both games to Seattle, and I got Seattle also going eleven and five. So, yeah, the other games I got them losing to are Buffalo. Um, let me see. Yeah, Buffalo, New Orleans. That New Orleans game, I think, is going to be the best game of the year. It was last yeah. year, and I think it probably will. Like, it should be. Those, those, because I have New Orleans as the number two seed. And yeah. It could easily be flat. And then I got them losing one to the Cardinals. Hmm. And that could happen. That's this division. All right. All right. Well, speaking of the Cardinals, I think they're they're the team that probably has the most hype around them from coming off of this off season. Yeah, I mean, and I think it all goes with one man. That is the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. He's he is still one of the best receivers in the league, without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's where all the hype comes from. Because they went five and ten and one last year. Yeah, oh yeah, they did they did tie the Lions week one. Yeah. They went they had their fourth in the division Kyler Murray still was uh, offensive rookie of the year. Shouldn't have won it. Should have been but, Josh Jacobs. Should have been Josh Jacobs, but still. 
He's yeah, but he's a quarterback, and even though he only won five games, he's a quarterback. So. Murray was still very good last year. Yeah, he was. Um, but I think their big addition besides Hopkins came from the draft because they had a pretty early pick, and they took Isaiah Simmons, the outside linebacker, who would be another beast. Well, yeah, I mean, he's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. The guy can play outside linebacker. He can play inside. Play inside. He can play slot corner. He could be your free safety, your strong safety. I mean, you don't see five-tool athletes on the football field. Right. But he he can play almost anywhere besides the defensive line. Yeah, and – and that defensive line isn't a bad defensive line to go up with, too. You've got um, Allen, you've got Phillips, both uh, right up there, and then uh, you've got Jordan Phillips right in the right up on the line. And so it's not going to be a bad defensive line. Oh no, I think they're a little bit overhyped. I mean, you still got Chandler Jones there, right? Like, I mean, the guy has the most sacks over the past, I think, four or five years. And then, uh, I mean, they also just extended Buda Baker. And you got Patrick Peterson in the back. Yeah. So, those, yeah, Peterson and Baker, you got those two as your leaders in the secondary. I don't think Buda Baker was deserving of that contract, though. No, he's good. He's – I mean, the Cardinals just don't get much attention. Like, Chandler Jones has arguably been the best pass rusher in the past five years. Nobody talks <laughs> about him. That's true. Buda Baker's the same kind of way. He, he's been – He's a great tackling. He's always up there. Like, I think he's always the highest tackling safety, or at least in the top couple, of, you know, for tackling safeties. And uh, he gets picks. He's a big hitter. It's just it's just the way the market goes sometimes. When you got to extend him, you got to kind of just give him the most money. Right. Well, and they didn't have a lot of departures. Their big one was David Johnson. Right, but. I mean, that wasn't a trade for Hopkins. Right. I consider that a – Yeah, that's a clear win. Much. And Kenyon Drake seemed to have a nice solid bounce back last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, time with Miami. Go, uh, man, he was someone who I just felt like was totally used in all the worst ways in Miami because he – Oh, yeah. So good. And I think he's showing just how good he is in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I mean, in college at Bama, he was in – a running back room at one point with Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara for a short amount of time before he went to Tennessee. So, I mean, he's in a, he was in a running back room with two all pro caliber guys and he showed it last year when he finally got his shot in Arizona to be the feature back. Right. So they've got all these, all these additions and extensions and very few departures after going five, ten, and one, man, I mean, this team's this team's tough because their their offense, I feel like, could be one of the more overhyped offenses, and I just think that they're they're not there yet. I think they need to shore up their O line a little bit more. I don't have, I don't have total confidence in Drake to kind of carry the load for a full season. Mm -hmm. But then again, I mean, Kyler's such a dynamic quarterback and you have Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, 
clear cut Hall of Famer, just one of the just best human beings in the NFL. Oh, no doubt. I think the guy what has more career tackles than he does drop passes. Drops, yeah. It's, it's like his his hands are just like there's that there's that old idea of like trading hands with the devil. No, I want to trade hands with Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I mean Fitz is a is a monster, and he still puts up numbers year after year. And I think Hopkins learning from Fitzgerald is going to be awesome. And then still Christian Kirk there as a number three, and Andy Isabella, my boy, wide receiver four. Um, tight end wise, I think Max Williams, I mean, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of attention, but he was pretty good last year for, for that offense. So I have him going, um, eight and eight along with the Rams. I actually have them coming in second in this division. Wow. Um, and I do think just the number one reason is DeAndre Hopkins. He's good. No offense to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is amazing. Uh, but Kyler Murray didn't really have a true just rock star receiver last year. Like legendary, but he's old. He's just yeah. been around so long. But now you know you have that with DeAndre Hopkins. You know you have one of the best receivers in the league. And Kyler Murray's entering his second year. I mean, going 5-10-1 and ten and one with a rookie quarterback is never a bad thing. Rookie quarterbacks are so often just – very poor right so, and i mean he, he started the whole year too right yeah he started from week one so it's going to see like uh, the comparisons are going to come at the end of this year. uh kyler's rookie year with joe burrow's rookie year and baker mayfield's rookie year um, mm-hmm. but it's it's clear cut that i think they should be a better team just because they really didn't lose yeah there's questions i think about Kenyon drake um, the running backs always kind of just pop up out of nowhere. That's, that's how David Johnson was. David Johnson, I remember, started the season um, mm-hmm. as a young, quarter, young running back. Uh, as like the third running back. He was behind Chris Johnson. And <laughs> I don't even remember who the other one was. Was, was it uh, Ellington? I think it was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he just popped over to the scene in the final few games and went off. And that's just how running back rooms are, I feel like. They might have someone who will just out of them, out of nowhere, and really kind of help uh, be a good uh, compliment to Kenyon Drake. So I got him going 9-7, and seven, and they still have that tough division. I got them go, you know, with uh, San Fran – those are tough. They're going to lose both of them, but they'll probably, I think they're going to split with Seattle, split with the Rams. I have them losing to Dallas. I have them losing to Buffalo. Uh, they can, they can sneak some wins in there though. They, yeah. They don't have, there's since they finished fourth place, they have some pretty, uh, pretty easy games. They've got Detroit and Carolina. And they, mm-hmm. Like their schedule beside after week one, again at San Fran, you go Washington, Detroit, Carolina, the Jets. It could yeah. easily be a four and, four and one football team. And then yeah. you've got Dallas and Seattle before their bye week. Maybe five and two before their bye week. Yeah. Back and play Miami. They can have a their their schedule being so easy so early is gonna help because I have them losing their last three. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's the nice thing about you know coming in last place but having talent on your team you're gonna have an easy schedule like we saw the when the bears when the bears did it the bears had the worst record in their division 
And then since they had a, a decently easy schedule, they go 12 and four after they just add a couple key pieces. So the Cardinals are definitely, you know, you're thinking about teams who, who in reality can go worse the first, the Cardinals are probably at the top of that list based off of one, all the talent they have, but also just the division that they play in that with is kind of just the theme of the episode. It's, it's up for grabs every single year. Right. There's really not been, not been a team and at least in, well, maybe the last time there's been a dominant team was when Seattle just had the Legion of Boom, who we'll talk but about. In a they bit. Had, like the, you, had, uh, you had three years in a row where the Super Bowl representative was from the uh, NFC West, where you had in 2020, right. 49ers, 2013 Seattle, which we won't talk about, and 2014 Seattle. Right. And then, yeah, even so, like when the Seahawks would go to the champions, the Super Bowl, they were playing the Niners in the NFC championship game. Right. Yeah. I think it was the NFC championship two years in a row in 2012 when the 49ers won and 2013 when the Seahawks won. Right. So, I mean, it's up for grabs. And I think, yeah, if any team can go worse to first, it's going to be Arizona. So, yeah, eight and eight, I think that's about fair, nine and seven. Yeah, could they be a ten-win team, possibly? But like the other teams we talked about, could they go seven and nine, six and ten? Probably just as likely. Yeah, I do think that the Forty ers are the clear best team in this division. But between those other three, the any of them could take second place without a doubt. And I'd be shocked if not at least two teams are not going to the playoffs from this division. Yeah. I just – with Arizona, I just think they're one year off. I think next year they're going to be the clear-cut favorites in this division. Mm-hmm. This year I just think – I think they just need one year to kind of just fully get that rapport of Hopkins and Murray. Um, but then after that, I think they're going to explode and I mean, look have at the De- best offense. Look at DeAndre Hopkins uh, before the uh, years he's had recently with Deshaun Watson – he has his. He was going quarterback to quarterback pretty much on the weekly basis. It felt like, and he was still just lighting it up. Yeah. So I think I think they'll get a rapport going pretty quickly. And with those, with those uh, weeks two through five being so easy, eh, not easy. No NFL game is easy, but mm-hmm. should be favored. I think you're going to see that rapport being established pretty quickly. We have one more team. Yeah. We got Seattle. Got That's, the home of the 12s. Oh, God. My least favorite team in the NFC. Why, just because they smacked the Broncos that yes. one year? Yes, that Super Bowl was one of the most depressing moments of my life. Hey, but I, I think if you didn't get smacked in that Super Bowl, you would not have won two years later. No, that's true, because we, we went from having the best offense to the best defense in the past few years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Seahawks last year, they got the wild card. Um, but they, they easily could have won the division. It was just on that, that last game of the season, losing it on, like, the inch line. That was the difference between winning and losing the division. Um, but, I mean, the Seahawks still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Russ Wilson. And they still have one of the better coaches in the league in Pete Carroll. And, they st- I mean, the Seahawks – that environment, I don't know if they'll have fans there, but one of the best places to play in the National Football League is that at the link. Or no, do they call it the link or is that Philly? They might call both places the link. 
Because uh, Philly, Philly is Lincoln Financial Field. And then CenturyLink. CenturyLink. I don't know. But still, home of the 12s, it's one of the best fan experiences. Also, their stadium is stupid looking. Uh, it's loud, though. Yeah, it is it, loud, but it looks dumb. Oh, yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter there's, how stadium there's looks. Their color scheme is so annoying, the freaking ugly green. God, I just hate the season. No, no, no. Those neon green jerseys. I remember when they first wore them. Against, it was against the Bears. I, I love them. The neon green. So clean. But anyways, um, the Seahawks, a decently active offseason, I'm going to say. Obviously, the big one was trading for Jamal Adams. Um, after losing Earl Thomas, it was, this was their, their first year really without a powerhouse safety in a long time, since 2010, pretty much. Uh, but they traded for Jamal Adams. I think he is going to make just an immediate impact on that defense. Uh, having a guy like Adams back there. Their secondary still is pretty good with Shaquille Griffin. I think he's a really underrated cornerback in this league. And then you still got Bobby Wagner, best middle linebacker in the league. You still got K.J. Wright, excellent cover guy. So, I mean, the defense is good. It's now they're not going to blow you away, but the defense is going to make big plays. Oh, with that. Um, offensively, I don't know. Their, their offense every year just doesn't seem to be that good, but then they always are. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, like, and Russell Wilson just always – before Patrick Mahomes, I feel like Russell Wilson was the quarterback who was just making these throws out of nowhere that's like everyone – he'll be running around outside the yeah. pocket for like 20 seconds and then somehow gets like this 70-yard completion. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It pissed me off I mean, every time. He's, an, he's, he's the improviser. He's the – I mean, you look at him and I think Aaron Rodgers both have very similar ways of kind of maneuvering around the pocket, keeping plays alive and always having their eyes downfield looking for the looking for the completion. Then if not, Wilson is one of the best running quarterbacks in the league too. He'll always go for the extra yards. Uh, they did add Greg Olson to that offense. Mm, right. So I, I love Greg Olson. He's one of my I favorite really players. I, I want to see him do well. He's 35, so, I mean, he's up there in age. But the guy can still play. He's one of the best offensive tight ends that we've seen in recent years. To be honest, I kind of want him to retire because you know he's going to go right to a broadcast booth because I feel like he's always in a broadcast. Mm-hmm. He's good. I at mean, it. he was he was in the broadcast booth like when he was injured in Carolina. Yeah, right. And then he like, like went back to he, playing. Yeah, which is awesome, and he seems good at it. And he is old, but I, I also am a huge Greg Olson fan. He's when he in those kind of a few years ago when he was still really really good and like a top two top three tight end in the league. He was my fantasy tight end like for four years. Mm-hmm. Love the dude. He was just reliable. I mean, yeah. knew, knew where to find him. Even when he was in Chicago, he was great. That's where he was drafted to. So, he, he's just always just a good, reliable tight end, and they got him on a one-year deal. Um, other guys that they got, Carlos Hyde, that was a very surprise signing for me. Mm-hmm. Let's say, I mean, Chris Carson's still there. Carson is still – I mean, he was on the top 100 list, and uh, Carson's a guy that, that's 20-carry-a-game guy. He's going to get you about 100 yards. Not going to do anything crazy, but he's a good, great goal line back. And they also have Richard Penny, who just yeah. can't seem to stay on the field, but they spent a first-round pick on him. 
So, yeah, that running back room, that's, it's like, it's another one. They just, I don't feel like any of them are that dominant. I, I mean, Chris Carson, I don't think deserved to be on the top 100, but he made it. Um, but yeah, they, they just, they make plays. And I think a lot of that comes from coaching. Mm-hmm. Being able to just make plays when you shouldn't. I see that a co- the number one cause of that is yeah. great head coach. And they do. Oh, yeah. Pete Carroll. I mean, could you argue outside of Belichick, he might be the best current coach we have? You might put Andy Reid up there, but I think those uh, three are the three best coaches in the league. You know, I'm very biased towards John Harbaugh. I really think John Harbaugh just has done amazing things in Baltimore. That's fair. So then those four, I don't think you can really and, dispute And them. Sean Payton, besides his whole cheating. No. Belichick has plenty of those you, as well. You can't put Payton up there. I see another like I see other coaches uh, who maybe who I think are probably as good, but they they're just so young they're unproven. Like Pete Carroll's been doing it for a long time, Belichick's been doing a long Harbaugh mm-hmm. lead. But you look at Sean McVay and you look at Kyle Shanahan, both within the division, are two of the hottest coaches. Yeah, hottest is in both effectiveness <laughs> and in oh pause scale. Well, man, Carroll's been doing it for a while. I mean, he was arguably the best college coach when he was at USC. Right. When in, you know, when he had one of the – he was the coach with, like, the, the Reggie Bush days, right? I think so. So, I mean, he was one of the best coaches then. And, uh, I mean, he's just – he's a lovable guy. Like, I remember there's just a couple of things. Gum, gum chewing on the sideline, like, as well yeah. possibly can. Always chewing gum when they when they had a meeting with DK Metcalf, like Metcalf's shirt was off, and then Carroll just walks in and takes his shirt off, and it's like hugging him. And, and I mean, he he's he's a great player coach. He's I mean, I think he's one of the older head coaches too, which is unbelievable. He, is, yeah. he doesn't seem like that old, but I guess he is. Um, but yeah, going back to their offense, their wide receivers lock it just performs year in and year out where I'm, he has just he has a such a good rapport with russell wilson oh yeah they they're Those the best like on the same mind link it's nuts yeah wilson is like i think the most accurate deep ball thrower and lockett is like the best receiver for deep balls and then you know if you don't want to throw it deep to lockett how about we throw it deep to the six four 200 plus pound receiver who also runs a four three in dk metcalf what a beast. But then, you know, if that speed wasn't enough, they also got Philip Dorsett from the Patriots. Yeah, th- that's an interesting one to me. Philip Dorsett, I know he was with the Colts beforehand. He was like the mm-hmm. string guy on the Colts. Uh, yeah. There's a go behind, uh, obviously, T.Y. Hilton and, oh, man, who's the other guy? I think he's on the Steelers now. The Steelers. But it, he, Philip Dorsett never really – I mean, that's who – that's who they traded. The Colts traded the Patriots for um, Brissett. Quarterback. Now it's yeah, Brissett. Tony Brissett. Yeah, I think he's a number three guy, and I think he'll be a perfect fit. I think he's going to thrive in this offense with Russell Wilson. So um, it's just another year where, like, nobody on this offense really blows you away. But with Russell Wilson, they're they're all going to be good, and I think. The only big question is, are they going to get enough pass rushing up front? Uh, they they haven't re-signed Clowney. Who knows when Clowney will re-sign? But then uh, 
Ezekiel Ansa was a guy who played a couple games, never really turned out to be much, but they, they did sign back their original draft pick from years ago, Bruce Irvin. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, you know, try to add something. Uh, so like I said, every year, I swear, we always say the Seahawks offense isn't anything crazy and their defense isn't anything crazy, but then every year they're always really good. And they make the playoffs and yeah. Since they are two Super Bowl, their back-to-back Super Bowl run, how many years have they still made the playoffs? It's been a lot. I'll look it up right now. It seems like every year. Yeah. They're they're perennial playoff teams, but they're it, it seems to be their perennial like playoff wildcard teams. Because you know, in the last last year was uh, obviously the 49ers year before that was the Rams. I think they're so, still in the playoffs for those. So yeah, so the first really big year that they made the playoffs that I could remember, it was 2010. It was Earl Thomas's rookie year, and that's when they went seven and nine and won the division at seven and nine. And that was the Marshawn Lynch beast quake. Beast mode where he just ran through everybody. Then they missed the playoffs the next year. And then for one, two, three, four, five straight years after that, they, they were in the playoffs, missed the playoffs in 2017. And then the past few years they've won it. So, or they've been so they've the missed the playoffs two years since 2010. Yeah. And that's, and they've been to two Super Bowls. They've, right. they've 2018 was the only year. Well, let's just see. So since since 2005, they've made the playoffs all but four years. And in each one of those playoff runs, except for 2018, they have won at least one game in the playoffs. I remember, I will never forget, they should have lost that one where Blair Walsh missed the, like, Mm -hmm. 7-yard field goal in Minnesota. I won't forget Mm -hmm. that one. That was pure, pure collapse on part of the Vikings. But, yeah, I mean, since – Oh five, you've been to the playoffs two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, eleven times, and in those eleven times, you've won at least one game, ten of the times. So I mean, they're a team when they're in the playoffs, they do well almost every year. Right. Um, I mean, most of that does have to do if they have a home playoff game, you are not walking into that building and winning. Right. Exactly. Field is it's just tough. It's probably the best playoff environment in football. But yeah, I mean, but they stole the twelfth man from Texas A and M, and they pump in crowd noise before uh, there were. They no- do. They are not the Patriots. They do not pump in crowd noise. They did sometimes. Okay. Well, what stadium hasn't? I don't think you can name a stadium that hasn't done something. I just hate Seattle. I just do. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, I know you're not high on them. So what? What do you think you're gonna? They're gonna do this year? I still think they're going eight and eight. <laughs> it, it, this division's just so good. Um, yeah. And all like they they could finish second in the division. Well, they could finish first, but I think it's most likely they finish second. But they could finish fourth. They could finish all three of these divisions that teams that aren't the 49ers are just they're gonna beat each other up. Uh, and they're all going to be good. And I could see any of these four teams making the playoffs. And Seattle, just from their history that we just went over, they're probably the most primed of the three to make the playoffs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I got them going 11-5 and five and 
winning the division based off a tiebreaker just because I haven't beaten the 49ers both times. I mean, un- until the Seahawks, until Russell Wilson is not there, I can't see them not making the playoffs. And they're going to have a great team year in, year out. They play well against San Francisco. And those, those two games against San Francisco were both really good games last year. Um, so I think, I think they're going to win the division. I really don't have a, a big reason why, but I mean, Russell Wilson's there. You're going to have a shot in every single game. And I think the defense, just like they do every year, is going to do just enough to keep him in game. So Russell Wilson can march down in the fourth quarter and win a game. I think there, what was the stat? Russell Wilson's like 58 and 0 in his career when he has a four point lead at halftime. He has never lost a football game. Mm just something unbelievable so when when he has a lead he will never give it up he knows how to close games he's one of the best closers in the league so I think when it comes down to it Russell Wilson knows how to win and that's why I think they're gonna win the division all right yeah I don't I just don't see that happening I know that they're good every year and they somehow do it every year I just think the 49ers are yeah that's fair I mean I haven't tied record wise so it, it like one game, you know, Seahawks lose one game, they're out of it. So I can see anything happening. Fun division. It is a fun mm-hmm. one. They're always good games to watch. Except, was it a couple of years ago when it was the 49ers and the uh, Cardinals? And it was like the final score was like six to three, and there were like eight missed field goals. Oh, yeah. It was on Sunday night, and they kept missing field goals in overtime. Yeah, it was, that was just. I know it was Cardinals Seahawks. That's who it was. It was Cardinals Seahawks. Okay, I knew I knew the Cardinals were one of the teams in there. Yeah. yeah. But most of the time, the division games are fun to watch. Oh yeah, uh, that division in particular, all those, and it's going to be nice with the with the Cardinals being able to compete now. It's going to. If be any good. team is going to get get hurt from no fans, I do think it is the Forty Nine or the uh, Seahawks. Probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll have they're, to see. They're, what, known, for what they're known for stealing the 12th man from Texas A&M. <laughs> Did you know they have to pay Texas A&M every year to use it? Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, because it is trademark. So they're just thieves. Oh, they man. Pay so, for it, but they're not, not thieves. Yeah, but but they're unoriginal. Yeah. Well, so that's our last division wrap-up. And since we are so close to uh, the regular season starting up, our next episode is we're going to bring you is all about the uh, fantasy. Hopefully you haven't done your draft yet, because if you did, you're – our listeners are dumb. I'm going to. You're dumb if you've already done a lot of your fantasy drafts because injuries are happening with no preseason and – you, you just want to put it off, I feel like, and you should be putting it off. So, let's uh, – you ready yeah. to talk? Fantasy sports, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, it's, it's my favorite thing. I, I go all in on fantasy football. I'm, oh, absolutely. My, my, like, this is a humble brag, but I, I, I think you are going to benefit a lot in the leagues that we're going to be in because I'm going to be telling you all my, my insights on players – that I think are going to pop. Like last year, last year I was, I was so on 
on my breakout predictions. Like I said, like Mark Andrews, Waller, I was on. Austin Eckler was I, – I told everybody I could. Even in the leagues I was in, I said, I will be drafting Austin Eckler, and you will not, and he will be a top running back. And I told everybody else, if, if you're not in league with me, draft Austin Eckler, and he will pay off. And what happened? Top five running back. Even when Melvin Gordon was there for half the year, he was a top five back. And in the league that you are in with me, did, did you win it? I didn't because everybody got hurt on my team, which you cannot uh, forecast. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I had people get hurt. Like, Dalvin Cook went down. and Was it your top – were your top two picks both out for, like, a month straight? No. Oh, Dalvin Cook is was one of them. And, then I don't even remember who my other top one was. Kamara. And I think Kamara was, actually. Yeah, Kamara. No, he just didn't do great. But he no, he missed, two, he missed two games in a row. Okay. Mahomes missed a month. Barkley missed over a month. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. And then I still finished third place. With and that. I still you got one, but but we'll we'll dive in. We'll have we'll have kind of our, our top guys, we'll have our bus predictions, our breakouts, late round steals, you know, everything you need to know. And most importantly, Justin Tucker, first round, first overall, and you do it. Win. Do it. Real quick, did you hear the thing, the Gardner Minshew promotion for fantasy football? I don't think so. Okay. He partnered with Bud Light, and there's the sweepstakes. If you draft Garner Minshew in your first round of fantasy, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the video because it it's like it's, it's the funniest video ever. Minshew is one of the be- best characters in the league right now. But he partnered with Bud Light. So if you draft him in your first round of your draft and you, like, screenshot it and then post it for, like, the Bud Light sweepstakes, you can, just, you can win, like, a $20 prepaid gift card to get a case of Bud Light. You know, I'm in five leagues this year. Might as well. I think I might do it in one of them. And then he also said if you win your league with Gardner as your quarterback, which I'm probably going to try to do, you get Bud Light for like a full football season for free. That's it's a, it's the awesome. best thing. I'll send you the video. But, yeah, it just, just getting me excited for fantasy. Oh, God. I get, it, this is my favorite. This is my first year doing five leagues because if someone asks me to join, I won't say no. Yep. Because I, I freaking love it. And now I get to play you four times a year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, that's it. We'll be coming to you next time with Fantasy. Uh, you've been listening to the Down and Distance podcast. Uh, find us on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Instagram. And we'll, uh, we'll, ta- we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. Yeah, thanks for listening as always.